Welcome to the Finding Strong podcast with your host, Pat Gates and Mark Bottenhorn. We're coming to you from the heart of the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. We are on a mission to push the limits and find strength through endurance, mindset, and fitness. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Today uh, on today's episode, episode three, we got Cole Schwartz on. Yeah, so Cole is a he's a former high school cross country and track guy. He's pretty fast, um, but he got into OCR after high school. He's been doing it for about five years now. He uh, he's a professional. He recently moved to Boulder to train and live with uh, Hunter McIntyre and Matt Kempson. Um, so some a little bit about him. He has podiumed in twenty five plus obstacle course races. Uh, he took the overall in France, 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 Morzine, France. Yes. Morzine. Um, yep. 2016, 2017, he placed 36 and 33rd respectively at the Spartan world champs. And in 2018, he was a TMX tough mutter X world championship qualifier. So pretty excited to have him on today. But before we get into any of that. Yeah. Mark, what's the, what's your training been like? Ooh, a training. So I know it's been a couple of weeks since we uh, we got together, but you know life yeah, happens. Life happens. I've been in the Bahamas. I got stuck in the Bahamas. Uh, training's been going pretty good. Some pretty high volume weeks, with the exception of the sixty five mile week because I was trapped in the Bahamas for two days and I couldn't run. I was trapped on a cruise ship, so I couldn't really do anything. Um, I got trained a little bit, but I was trapped on the cruise ship. So I got sixty five miles that week in five days, which is still considerable for those five days. But it was it was much lower than planned. That's quite a lot. Yeah, I've been averaging about. This month, close to 12 miles a day, something like that. Everything's been going well. Had a nice workout today. Perfect. What's uh, what's the next race you got coming up? Yeah. So the North Face 50 miler at Bear Mountain. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Really rocky race, really tough race. And speaking of obstacle course racers, uh, Ryan Atkins is a pretty famous obstacle course racer. He won that race a couple of years ago. So Oh, nice. Some world-class runners are going to be there. and It's going to be some big competition. And this is going to be surprising to any of my friends or my family or you know, anybody that follows me on Instagram or anything like that, but I'm not necessarily trying to win this race. I'm trying to just complete the 50 miles. I've never done it before. It's really rocky terrain. We know how I do on rocky and <laughs> technical terrain, but I'm going to go out there, get out of my comfort zone and see, and, uh, sure. Give her help. I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it help. And I think I'm always going to be in the mix. Like I, that's how I feel at least. So we'll see what happens. I agree. I won't be disappointed if I get across that finish line for the most part. For sure. Then following that, now this is where it gets exciting because Pat and I have made a pact, a little bit of a pact. We're going to both try to qualify for the Spartan Ultra World Championships. This year it's in Sweden. Sweden, yep. 24 hours under the northern lights. So it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Uh, to do that, we're gonna each have to come top ten in the elite division at a Spartan Ultra. And our first one's gonna be in June. Spartan Ultra, Same. Ohio. Ohio, yep. And so, then and then the Spartan Trail in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, yeah, yep. Spartan Trail, which is a unique unique type of race, too. Mm-hmm. have that coming up, so that's pretty cool. Excited so, for that, definitely. Yeah, so, Pat, I heard you uh, twisted your ankle or something. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I just, you know, it was really nice out on Saturday, you know, like 65 degrees, super sunny, and a little bit of wind. 
you know, here in Detroit. Tropical in Detroit. Yeah, tropical in Detroit. And, you know, I went skateboarding around, just like, you know, ride around to go back to my roots, you know, growing up skateboarding. Went down to like the Detroit Riverwalk, walked around there, went to the, the Quinder Cut. If you guys are familiar with Detroit, it's like a nice, it's very nice, uh, some graffiti on the walls, some art on the walls. And uh, I fell, came upon this like, you know, little like three stair, a little gap or whatever. Thinking I'm fucking Tony Hawk, you know, 14 years old again. I tried to jump it and uh, did not did not bode well for my ankle. So I bruised my ankle up a little bit and I had to like take like a day off, like a couple of days off. And it you was just are like, a grown man. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what are you? And you were by yourself. There's no peer pressure. Even. I, I thought somebody peer pressure. I, I said, well, I used to do this. Uh, and I like, you know, I went up to the gap a couple of times. Like, ah, I should just leave. I shouldn't try it. But I was like, ah, screw it. I was like, I don't want to be, you know, a, a sissy about it. I'm just going to try it. Yeah. Uh, one and done. Tried it once and then I uh, stopped doing it. I, was, I, I went home after that. Yeah. Got real upset. Iced my ankle. <laughs> it's all bruised. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't do uh, too hot in, in soccer practice the next day. Had to sit out a little bit. Yeah. And Couldn't uh, run either. Couldn't run. <laughs> so messed up, messed, up, uh, messed up in the last few days of training for sure. I don't feel any pity for you because you deserve it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a dumbass basically. Thinking I'm 14 and 14 again, Tony Hawk jumping gaps on the skateboard that I haven't ridden in you know years. Yeah, I mean you should keep that in the closet. I thought I was like riding a bike, but it's, not, it's definitely not. <laughs> not the same. Not the same concept. Yeah, but uh, I mean before that, before that training has been great. You know, I've yeah. been doing a lot more uh, OCR specific like training, um, a lot more grip strength, um, trying to hit the climbing gym a little bit more. Um, soccer has been going great. Had a couple, had some games uh, down uh, over in uh, Indiana. Played uh, FC Indiana, ended up in a national premier soccer league team. Um, they were they were the worst in the league, but like we should have beat them. I'm not salty about they it. They play in front of twenty five thousand people or something. Right? Yeah, so the last game twenty five. Yeah, they, yeah, they play like you know Detroit City and like those guys. Um, and yeah, just just didn't go our way. But you know, on to the next one, we start our season opener tomorrow. All right. Wednesday, the 18th. Wednesday Night Lights. Yep. All right. I'm so excited for that. It's good stuff. All right. So I guess we should just hop into this podcast here with uh, with Cole and get to it. He's an interesting guy. He's lived all over the place, man. Yeah. At, uh, at a ripe young age of 23, been yeah. you know living in Thailand, living in, Ho- in Kauai. Yeah, man. Hawaii, Thailand, dude. Climbing trees. If you're not following him on Instagram um, – his name is Cole.ocr. It's Cole Schwartz. He's the he's the real deal. He's uh, been described as the kind of rising star in obstacle course racing. He's uh, he's a young gun, but he's making an impact in the sport already. And I wouldn't be surprised if in five years, if he's not the face of this of this sport. Definitely, yeah. He he, he, provides, a, he provides some insight on you know training and his day to day and like what he does in the meantime. It's, it's, it was it's pretty. Uh, it's nice to know because, like, I you know, kind of implement into my trainings and probably marks too. Uh, what can I do to improve? Yeah, and especially for new people who want to start out. Yeah, I think it, it, he gives some really solid advice. Uh, he's he's a cool guy. It was a great podcast, so we hope you enjoy it. Cool. All right. Well, Cole, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm sure we're really excited to get this underway here. I know that's for sure. Uh, we gave you quite the introduction, so I think people are going to be pretty excited to to see what it's all about. 
Hey, I hope so. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a pretty good discussion here. If we can get it to work. We've had some podcast issues, some connectivity issues, technical difficulties, but uh, we seem to be up and running. Push through. Yep. Keep pushing. So I guess what's the, what's the next race on your schedule, man? Um, so I'm kind of looking at the uh, Spartan Race Stadium Series this year. So the next race is uh, just four weeks away in uh, Washington, D.C. at the Nationals Baseball Park. So uh, it's kind of a short three-mile race um, through the stadium. Okay, cool. So that's, that's something that's you're a little bit more suited for, you think, or at least in the way that you train? You know, um, two years ago, so I've been doing obstacle course racing for about five years now. And um, for the last, for the first probably two, two and a half years, I was kind of going more towards the longer stuff, anything eight to, you know, 15 miles. And then um, last year, I was doing pretty well in those, but then last year they came out with, uh, or Tough Mudder came out with a one mile course um, mm-hmm. that had a lot more like strength involved in it. It had 10 kind of simple, um, tough mutter signature obstacles, like hanging and, uh, walls and stuff like that. And then 10 kind of CrossFit movements that required like lots of strength, like over the shoulder tosses, sandbag cleans. Um, so I spent all of last year kind of getting ready for that event and, uh, basically putting on a lot of size, 15 to 20 pounds, trying to be able to compete with, uh, some of the top CrossFitters, um, who came out to this race and uh, that was kind of the goal going into this year and the uh, off season was just getting stronger to be able to compete with those guys. Um, and then unfortunately um, that race is no more because um, uh, sponsors pulled out from that race. So then I kind of had to find a, a little bit something new to do. Um, so then I started kind of gearing towards the Spartan stadium race because it's the most similar, but uh, still requires a lot of um, running and um, speed. So uh, kind of trying to, bring that speed back, but I got the strength to back it up right now. Okay, cool. So is that, have all Tough Mudders gone away from competitive um, races now, or is it, is it just that race that's been kind of dropped? Yeah, it, it's looking like, well, all the prize money has been taken away and um, yeah, they were, they were doing some competitive heats and then 10 mile races, which were actually pretty fun. Um, and they got rid of those. Uh, well, I think they still have those, but they don't have the prize money. So um, not very competitive. And then, yeah, they got rid of the Tough Mudder X, that one mile course that uh, kind of was drawing a pretty big crowd. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much all gone. Gotcha. Do you think that any like the CrossFitters had like a little bit of advantage? Um, yeah. They, well, they, had, they definitely had an advantage on the heavy lifting and they're really familiar with those movements. And then um, sometimes in the, they had qualification um, events and then the, final event which is held in virginia and at these qualification qualification events they put like random movements in there you know uh like a dumb dumbbell clean and jerk and uh us obstacle course racers aren't used to that as much and the uh crossfit guys have you know they basically have a big repertoire of uh, all these movements so they were um they were geared more towards it but uh, they also the running aspect uh obstacle course racers had an advantage for sure gotcha Okay. So what does a typical week of training look like for you uh, gearing up for a race like this? Um, A race like this. um, So it's, you know, what I've seen from kind of everyone and myself is um, the amount of mileage you want anywhere from like 30 to 45 miles. It kind of seems like the sweet spot for a race like this. Um, And then I do two days a week of, uh, we call them like aerobic kettlebell days. 
um, they're kind of like EMOM style every minute on the minute. And we'll pick a, a variety of movements, clean snatches, um, kettlebell swings. And we kind of cycle through that for about an hour, me and uh, some of the training partners I have up here in Boulder. Um, so that's kind of like a strength aerobic day. And then uh, I like to put in one just full strength day. So that's uh, anything from kind of like big movements like uh, power cleans or just um, squat cleans, um, deadlifts, uh, front squats. Um, so one day kind of focused towards that. But the majority, it's going to be, you know, running and getting in those you know, tempo run, long run intervals. And then um, also, you know, kind of throwing in some fatigue running, which is kind of transitioning from obstacle, um, like box jumps into running. So, uh, and then on top of that, a lot of cross training, which is uh, on the mountain bike outside. And then we also got a, at the house here, we got a concept to um, got a ski erg as well as a concept to bike. So we're on that in the morning time every day. Okay. All right. You know, I think, this race specifically is interesting because you're working a lot of different energy systems and that's not typical of many sports. I mean, maybe closely related to CrossFit, but this is still, seems to be kind of its own animal with the aerobic conditioning required. So I, I just always find it really interesting how the, how the training is partitioned for it. So that's cool. So thanks for the insight on that. So, you know, you got your race coming up in four weeks, but what are your goals overall for 2019? Um, 2019, um, it's really kind of to focus on these stadium races. Like uh, they got, four of them in the series, which are just part of this very competitive series, as well as six um, kind of regular season races. So I'm kind of looking at trying to like focus, try to hit six to seven of these races and um, just try to be like a podium threat at all of them um, is kind of, yeah, would be the ultimate goal here. Okay. Maybe looking like trying to get some kind of Spartan pro team uh, for the future for you. Is that a, is that within the realm of possibility or? Yeah, they kind of expanded the pro team a little bit, but uh, they definitely have, um, which I am involved um, in a little bit, but they definitely have some uh, bigger contracts that they give out to people who are, you know, uh, placing first in some of these big series races. So, yeah, we're kind of looking towards that. Okay. I mean, how old are, how old are you? I know you're, you're pretty young. Yeah, uh, I'm 23 years old. I just uh, basically just finished up school uh, last June and uh, – been uh, traveling around for a bit and uh, just kind of now found myself in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Just moved out here about a month and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, that's pretty interesting. I mean, tell us about, you know, you've been traveling. We, we crossed paths, albeit briefly on uh, Cape Cod there in the summer. Uh, but tell, tell, I guess, tell us about, about what that's been like, the journey, the, the moving, the training in different places and all that. Give us a timeline on that. Yeah. So, um, Basically, at the end, when I graduated in June, I kind of I went immediately from there to uh, Cape Cod, uh, Massachusetts, to train with um, a coach I've been working with for a while and good friend Ryan Kempson um, and his brother Matt Kempson, um, who are both really good obstacle course racers. And uh, Ryan Kempson is is uh, one of the top guys in the U.S. right now. Um, so I spent two months kind of training with him, uh, learning more about his um, methods to training. And then uh, from there, I went back home. Um, I'm from uh, the Bay Area. And, um, and then I decided to go to Hawaii, to Kauai, and uh, kind of live in a hostel over there for about two and a half months. And while I, while I was over there, I was kind of focused on that one mile um, Tough Mudder course, TMX. So I was at the Olympic lifting gym about three days a week, just kind of working on my you know, my cleans, getting my squat up, basically just working on pure strength at that point. Um, not a lot of running because it was kind of 
uh, fall winter time and I was kind of gearing up for, um, 2019. And, um, from there I spent a couple, uh, a couple months kind of working back home in the Bay area and then did a one month trip to Thailand, um, which was basically all of February, which was, uh, an absolute blast. But, uh, you know, and being in like such a hectic country like that, it's, uh, it's basically, it's tough to run in general. The streets are just like crowded. Um, people are driving on the sidewalks. Like there's really nowhere to run unless you're in a gym and, yeah. and gyms are a little bit hard to find over there. So, um, you know, I didn't get too much training in over there, but, uh, I had a blast and the goal was to come back and, uh, move out to Boulder and move in with, um, my current roommates, which are Hunter McIntyre, who is, uh, one of the best obstacle course racers in the world and um, Matt Kempson, who a uh, really good athlete um, in, his, in his own rights. Um, but unfortunately I picked up uh, like a, some sort of infection or something when I got over there. So right when I moved out to Boulder, I was had a fever for almost three weeks. So uh, it's only been three weeks of solid training um, that I've been able to get in since I've been out here. But uh, yeah, the last uh, eight months or something have been uh, pretty hectic. Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand not being able to run, uh, Cause I was in Germany and I tried to go out for a run, you know, you know, try to get some miles in and just the streets are too crowded and, you, and everyone's just hectic and going everywhere. And it was just chaos. And it was just, you feel like running like a, like a 12 minute mile, dude. Um, I was just in, I was just in Fort Lauderdale during spring break season uh, unintentionally. And I, I was like, it was packed and I was still running just short shorts on people were fucking calling me names and all this different shit. I just kept going. I don't care. Like whatever. I was weaving around him. Whatever. So where, the, where has been your favorite place to like train since you've been to all these places? Um, you know, I love training in Kauai. Uh, if you've ever been to Kauai, Kauai is like of all the Hawaiian islands. Um, it's like the quietest, um, you know, uh, like Oahu has like a big party scene and all that. And it's like a big city, but Kauai is very quiet, easy to focus over there. And, um, I was really enjoying kind of working on my strength because uh, kind of growing up just uh, running cross country in like high school and college or high school. Um, I kind of have never kind of worked on my strengths, strength, like uh, just pure, like um, pure, like raw strength like that. So I really enjoyed it out there. All right. Sweet. Yeah. So um I, I, I touch, you know, base with you every now and then. And it's like, it seems like you're always in a different continent or whatever it is. Uh, but now you moved to Boulder and that's kind of close to home for me because I lived in Boulder for a while. And uh, how, how are you liking it out in Boulder? Oh man, it is. Uh, it's pretty awesome over here. You know, like if you've lived here, you kind of know like the athletes around this area are kind of next level, especially the endurance athletes. And, you know, there's the basically tra- never ending trails everywhere. So uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, there's, uh, I think, two, there's 200 current and former Olympians within the city limits of Boulder. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's wild. It's next level there. And it made me realize when when I lived there that I wasn't putting enough in because I was a big fish in a small pond until I moved there. And then I was like, oh shit, like these people are real deal. And it made me rethink the way I was training and definitely made me up my game. So I could see why moving there is a, it's advantageous for you for sure. Yeah, it was kind of when I, when uh, Hunter called me and was like, "Hey, let's let's get a house out in Boulder." I was like, "Let's do it." And uh, since I've been here, you know, there's basically every kind of athlete imaginable around here. And uh, one of our good friends and training partners is uh, this girl um, Nell, who she just ran a two thirty two marathon. So you know, there's just high level athletes everywhere. Nell Rojas. Yeah. Okay, I, I know her dad. 
the coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was a good athlete in his own right, I heard. Oh, yeah, he's a great coach, too. I think yeah, they yeah. both are, aren't they? She's a coach as well, right? Yeah, she is. Um, that's where we do all our, like, kettlebell workouts and a lot of our strength workouts is uh, we usually meet at her gym that she has um, in Boulder on, like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So, yeah, we uh, spend a lot of time. Um, we got a good group kind of out here that all train together, so it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, and I can see a lot of positives to, li- to living with uh, with Hunter for sure, but is he kind of crazy? <laughs> um hunter's pretty crazy yeah yeah Um, if you've ever seen any kind of video or interview with hunter um that's basically how he's like um all the time it's a lot of energy that's a lot yeah every every, you know when he wakes up in the morning because he'll be uh he'll be yelling some random words that don't make any sense and then uh he likes to spend a lot of time playing halo and yelling at the screen um it's a, uh, it's super fun though. The guy's got so much energy and he's always trying to do something. So we, um, you know, he's a busy guy. So he's usually out working or out filming something that's yeah. some random area. But when he is in town, then, uh, we're always having a blast. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so, so how do you, how do you support yourself like financially through all this stuff? Um, so basically what I've done recently since I graduated is, um, travel and then I go back to the Bay Area um, where my family lives and my dad's a sales rep for a bunch of outdoor companies including and then also um, pretty popular water bottle bottle company Hydro Flask so um, ever since like I was little there's always been work around the house um, for his company Uh, we always get tons of samples coming in that need to get organized and then or just like going to stores meeting with managers and all that stuff so it's pretty nice. Um, he always likes when I come back in town, I can come in for like a month, two months and basically work full time for him. Um, so that's basically what I've been doing. I've been kind of going out, spending some time in Cape Cod, going home, spending some time in Hawaii, going home, uh, Thailand, and then coming here. So, um, yeah, kind of working in between then. But, uh, now that I'm in Boulder, I kind of found a more, uh, I got a part-time job working at a climbing company in Boulder. Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah, if you if you ever need another job there or anything like that, let me know for sure. I can I've got some uh, connections that I could get you hooked up with if you need something. Uh, no, you do. All right, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's challenging, especially for endurance athletes in general. And I'll just lump OCR into endurance sports. I think as a professional athlete, um, unless you're one of the top tier hunter athletes, you know, like athletes like like Hunter or or Galen Rupp or something like that, it's really hard to make a a living like a very consistent living. Um, so I think that there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into that. And I'm sure uh, you're living that way too, but it's probably pushing you closer to getting a contract or something like that. I imagine as well. Yeah. There's, you know, um, you know, there's definitely money to be made in OCR, but um, it definitely is reserved for the top, top, um, you know, very small group right now. But um, you know, as it continues to develop, I'm hoping it keeps like trickling down to the, um, and more people can kind of use OCR as like a full-time job, which will just only heighten the sport. Yeah. It's growing like at an unprecedented rate. So I'm sure money's going to keep pouring into that. It's like, it's like ultra running, like money just keeps pouring into that. And that's traditionally ultra runners made no money. And now it's getting crazy. You know, and a lot of it seems just like social media. Um, you know, you see all these <laughs> ultra runners and obstacle course racers and CrossFitters, you know, with uh, now with, 
you know, gaining these big social media like platforms, and then they're able to market it to um, potential companies. So companies are more inclined to kind of get involved with these athletes now. Yeah, for sure. Like for myself, I don't like I wouldn't be able to make a living without without Instagram and social media. Like it's a it's a substantial part of my income. So. Yeah, and you definitely you see like people like you know Courtney DeWalter who would just put out like a little like mini documentary about herself, you know, being like the fastest ultra runner basically in the basketball shorts she wears so uh do you have any sponsors um yeah currently i'm working with um Endurly. um it's a um supplement company they have just like basically top of the line protein um kind of a carbohydrate drink for training and then um pre-workout um which i like to use before races um definitely i like the like the effects of caffeine, beta alanine, um, and things like that, um, for, for like big training sessions or, uh, races. Yeah. I think I told you about that. I used that, that pre-workout a couple of times. I actually really like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty intense, but it's, uh, I think, I think it's great. I've, I've seen like a lot of improvements in my time since, uh, kind of taking it. Okay. So I have a more specific question. You know, I asked you kind of what a training week looks like. What is what is just a typical day like a like a Tuesday look like in the in the kind of realm of an athlete like yourself like you know like from start to finish like what what's it entail? Sweet, okay. Um, so recently, like a Tuesday, say um, Hunter currently Hunter is uh, he's out of town and so is Matt on a work trip, um, but we'll say that they're in town on a typical Tuesday. Uh, we'd probably get up around seven, seven thirty, nothing like crazy. And, um, me and Matt usually get right on the, we have like, uh, we have the concept two bike and we have the concept two ski erg in our little home gym, um, which we also have like squat rack and everything. Um, it's a pretty cool s- setup we have. Isn't that so, what he calls Chinatown or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. We changed it to danger zone. Um, uh, but it's, it's the same spot. It's, it's a pretty awesome, uh, it's like this little tiny gym. Uh, it's a very small garage, but we fit a lot in there. We got, we got basically everything you could possibly need. It's like a mini CrossFit gym, um, actually in our garage. Uh, but yeah, we usually do that in the morning. We'll like get about 40 minutes of, uh, 30 to 40 minutes of like just straight cardio. Um, and Hunter right now is focused on the CrossFit game. So he's doing a little more like weightlifting, but we're all usually in there together, just having a good time. Um, and then after that breakfast, and then we like to play magic, the gathering, which is uh, a card game kind of similar to like Pokemon. Dude. I love, I love magic, the gathering. Pat makes fun yeah. of me for all time. Great game. Oh, it's the best. It's such a, I, I didn't start playing until I got out here. And Hunter and Matt were just already obsessed with it because they'd moved out here a couple months before I had. And uh, it's great, man. If you're ever in Boulder, you need to come by and play us. Oh, dude, for sure. I got the, the swamp, uh, swamp deck. So that's my, that's my big focus. Uh, you, got, you got a good deck? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nice deck. Now, we, we're still working on perfecting our decks. We, gotta, we just got about 1,000 new cards. So we've been kind of going through those over the last few days, trying to make some cool things happen. All right. Nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so sometimes we'll end up playing that for a couple hours before um, whatever we're doing next, which would be lunch. And then uh, the second training session of the day, which for me and Matt, we're, uh, we're both focused on the stadium series. So that's usually um, running or we'll go do the, that kettlebell workout. Um, well, I guess on a Tuesday, then it would be um, 
that would be just like an aerobic run day. Um, so, you know, there's plenty of trails out here in Boulder. So we'll just find a cool spot to go out to. And uh, we have our other friend, um, Dylan Miraglia, who's also focused on the stadium series. Um, so it's nice to have, yeah, it's us three really focused on that um, while Hunter's usually back at home in the gym, uh, grunting and lifting weights. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your favorite trail in Boulder? Um, oh, man, I'm really bad at the names of the trails. Um, let's see. Uh, today I just went up. Um, I went to, is it Chattanooga, Chattanooga Park? So how do you say it? Chautauqua? Chautauqua. That's what I, that's what I, yeah. Um, I did like the Green Mountain um, loop oh. earlier today. Okay. So you got on the Mesa Trail from Chautauqua and got up on Green Mountain. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, uh, if you go Chautauqua to the Mesa Trail, it's, it's literally like three quarters of a mile, just straight up the first three quarters of a mile on that kind of fire road. That, yeah, yeah. that is so brutal at altitude. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I don't, a lot of people say this, but, uh, um, that a lot of people say that they're not good at altitude and I, I think I'm one of those people. Um, but I, I'm now finally starting to feel good after a month and a half of being out here, being able to not just be out of breath immediately, but, uh, that's a pretty awesome trail. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's tons, you know, yesterday I was at the Boulder res reservoir. So, um, that's also cool, you know, flat, there's flat, there's rolling Hills, there's huge mountains, basically everything. Yeah. That's and, sweet. And a bunch of prairie dogs too. Oh, there's so many prairie dogs. I saw a bunch yesterday. I was like, I'd never seen them really before, so that was kind of cool. Me neither. That was the first place I saw them at the reservoir. I saw, like, prairie dogs, rattlesnakes when I was there visiting before I moved. And I was like, this place is fucking wild, man. Oh, there's rattlesnakes out here, too? Oh, wow. for sure, oh, yeah. Yeah, pra- yeah, prairie rattlesnakes, man. Prairie? Oh, wow. That's a deadly combo. <laughs> very dangerous. Very rare. Yeah. Um, um, but one other spot is, I guess, the... Um, the flat iron, um, just going up like the flat irons. And, uh, it's kind of cool. You see a lot of runners going up the, it's basically like a sheer rock face. That's only, it's not, you know, steep enough that you need ropes to rock climb. You can kind of like, uh, scamper up it pretty good. So that's also a fun spot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of scrambling on there. Um, have you ever been to Magnolia road? Um, no, but I've heard about it. That's a steep one, right? Yeah. It's, it's apparently the steepest maintained road in North America or, or maybe the world. I don't know. One of those two fact check. Yeah. Um, but it was, I was there for like a month and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. So I I went up there and I did I did 18 miles on it and it's really a 16 mile route, but I didn't realize it because I was like totally like a noob and I parked at the, so I ran downhill to start (laughs) and I didn't realize I was net uphill on the way back. And I remember climbing up this one hill and it's, just a rolling dirt road. And I, I got to the top of the hill and I'm like, Oh, thank God it goes down after this. And it, it dropped like 20 feet down and then it was another hundred foot climb. And I had seven miles to go and the sun was baking me and I was just standing with my hands on my hips. Like, Oh shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> and this <laughs> the cars were passing me and it was rough, dude. I got to get an Uber to my fucking car. Yeah. It's, it's a, brutal. It's yeah. 9,000 feet. It's, it's a, oh. it's a hell of a run, man. Oh man, way up there, yeah. But it'll make it'll make you tough though. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Have you uh, uh, have you gone climbing out there at all yet? Um, no, just gym climbing so far. But um, you know, there's a I, there's a good amount of people out here that we know, um, like uh, Nicole Miracle, who's a big uh, rock climber and OCR athlete, and then uh, yeah, there's a few people. So um, I'm hoping during the summertime we'll get out. All right, sweet. Um, so I guess. If someone were brand new to the sport, 
Yeah. Like, what would you think that they should focus on? You know, it depends if they, so that they have a running, obviously is going to be the number one thing. Um, if they don't have a running background, it would just be to start running. And then I would just say r- run and make sure you're good at pull-ups because basically every obstacle in an obstacle course race, it has some sort of pulling motion. If it's rope climbs, walls, um, Hercules hoist, um, just like base, just it's all just like pulling motion and being able to pull your body over something or, or hanging. So just being able to hold your body up, monkey bars, rigs. Um, but you know, if they, if they're trying to be really competitive and they already have like a running background, someone like yourself, um, we see a lot of like really high level runners come into obstacle course racing. And for some reason they just don't do as well as they might do, um, as you might think they do based on, you know, their 5k time or their half marathon time or something like that. Um, and it's usually just due to, it's just like uh, fatigue from the obstacles. Like if you're, um, an obstacle course racer, you're training, um, the running and the obstacles all in one. So like one day a week we do a stadium simulation. So we go to the track, which also has bleachers next to it. And we bring a sandbag and a slam ball and a spot for box jumps. And we kind of cycle through these um, movements and then we try to get back up to speed really quickly and get back to um, the pace that we run or near that, like a tempo or near like race simulation um, pace. Um, So if someone's kind of has still that running background, but not the obstacle course racing, it would just, I would, I would say do a lot of like kind of race simulation stuff where you're doing um, either an obstacle and then straight into 400, 800 meters. Um, so like some interval stuff. So you're already fatigued and then trying to make it so you can actually run after being fatigued for that. Cause that seems to be the problem for, uh, most runners. Yeah. I think you might be familiar with, uh, I thought that I was going to be pretty damn good at OCR and I went in the first race. I think it was the, uh, Pittsburgh super, the Spartan one. Okay. And I got humbled. I got, I got, I did 150 burpees. Uh, oh wow okay so that yeah, yeah that, that'll hurt i came in 20th place i got yeah. a time penalty so i came in 20th place because i touched something i wasn't allowed to apparently or put my foot on something i wasn't allowed to i'm still not clear on it but yeah. i guess if since i have you on here specifically like what should so what else should i add to my training because i've got this goal and i want to do it more in like the spartan ultra and i know it's probably not quite as competitive uh but that's kind of where my like talents lie so i want to i want to try to make it to that uh the world championships and the spartan ultra so oh, the tw- you're talking about the 24 hour in iceland world championships yeah yeah well it's in sweden this year but it, oh it's but, sweden okay yeah, yeah of but course that's what i want to do um so that you know that is gonna be a lot different than uh like a stadium race where we're trying to get those transitions down and everything like that that's more you know in an endurance event um where you're just trying to log lots of miles but also you know, you don't want to be failing obstacles. Like I know Ryan Atkins won that race last year and I think he barely failed. Maybe, I don't know if he failed any obstacles or, um, cause that's what's going to be taxing you the most. And the hardest obstacles are going to be the hanging obstacles in a race like that. Cause, uh, your grip is just going to go and, uh, it's hard to kind of regain that back. So, um, the biggest thing for, you know, an ultra event like that would just be rock climbing, lots of like dead hang, just lots of grip work. And, uh, just practicing some like running into, um, you know, pull-ups and things like that. 
But uh, for a race like that, like the transitions and like the speeds don't really matter as much. It's just like actually just making it through the obstacles. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, coming in 20th place wasn't really that bad. I mean, it was like in the top 5% of the elites there in that race. Um, I just thought like I got too cocky, I think. But I never completed an obstacle even before that. So I kind of jumped in there just like completely cold. Yeah. And that's probably a bad idea. I will always tell people, you know, just do one first you know, see how it goes, get like a feel for it. And then you kind of know what to do. Um, you kind of know what the obstacles are because they're all, if you're doing Spartan race, all the obstacles are the same every single time you go to a new race venue. Um, and like, just for you, you know, you did one done the burpees and stuff. I'm sure next time you would basically probably have almost maybe one failed obstacle or maybe none. And then you would actually be able to actually race the event instead of just uh, kind of just keep falling back. And then you're, I'm guessing you were kind of catching people on the runs and then it's falling back and getting passed on the burpees. Yeah. I was hammering, catching them. And I was like running in like the top five to top eight. And then I would get 30 more burpees. And I didn't realize that like, you just have to get your feet off the ground. So I was like doing burpees, like I was training and I was jumping like as, like as high as I could. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's definitely a difference. We uh we call them versus like if you're doing burp, training burpees versus race burpees. Race burpees are a whole different animal. They're uh, you know um you kind of scorpion your way up a little bit, bending your lower back, which isn't great, but uh, it's just you know you're basically trying to do anything to get them done faster. Do you do anything like specific for grip ta- grip training besides like hanging or rock climbing? Um, cause I found like, cause I did the bone frog and like by the end of it, my, my hands were all just messed up. I could, I couldn't even stay on the monkey bars anymore. Yeah. But you were yeah, five um, hours into it when you, <laughs> yeah. Oh, five hours. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I want to go for the, you know, long haul. Yeah. 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 You're going, you're going for the long stuff. Um, besides, so like definitely bouldering, but besides that, um, what we do, like, um, me and my training group here, um, the kettlebell workouts that we do two days a week. Um, sometimes we'll do like 20 minutes straight. You can't drop the, the kettlebell and you'll have like one kettlebell and you'll do maybe five cleans and then three front squats and then one overhead, um, reverse lunge. And you'll, and then once you get through that little sequence, which will take maybe 30 seconds, you switch it to your other hand and you do the same thing and you switch back and forth for um we'll do it for 20 minutes we call it the iron um complex and um that will just torch your grip um and it basically makes it so any obstacle is really easy to hold on to if you can hold on to that bell for 20 minutes i think that's great advice that i think the listeners and ourselves are going to have uh some some success with that so thank you for that of course yeah we we uh yeah, me and the training group we have here, we love kettlebells. Um, we love, you know, probably our favorite exercise. We, we do tons of Turkish get-ups just to get um, overall just stability, like, throughout our body and strength, which, you know, comes in handy basically in any obstacle. Um, so, yeah, kettlebells, basically, if you can make kettlebells your best friend as well as uh, bouldering, rock climbing, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, dead hangs and all that stuff, you know, they're great, but they're a little boring. So it's nice to mix it up a little bit. Sure. All right, cool. Good advice. So you, do you, you still have the same coach as you had um, when you started? No, right now um, we kind of, we, we mixed up a little bit. Um, I take some training from actually Nell because um, she's been working with um, Matt uh, before I kind of came here. And then when I started 
when I came to Boulder, then I started doing, I do a lot of workouts with him. So um, she helps me out um, as well as just uh, a lot of the athletes here. Um, like I have my good friend, Johnny Luna Lima, who uh, he's a great obstacle course racer. And like the other day we kind of came up with a plan um, and we wrote it all down for me to get ready for um, nationals park um, in a month from now. And like, kind of going through everything and like the volume of it all and just seeing what I need to do to um, kind of get on the podium there. So, uh, you know, talking to other athletes and uh, coaches around here, but uh, nothing like kind of in particular right now. Okay, cool. Cool. That's good to get it from a bunch of different sources. Um, so I guess final question before we wrap up here, if, uh, yeah. if Pat and I make it out to Boulder this summer, like we planned to, it's a tip of, you know, what we usually try to do. Um, you going to, are you going to put us through one of these kettlebell workouts? hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, kettlebell workouts. We're going to play a bunch of magic. Um, we are, cause I heard that's really fun down the river. And, Boulder uh, Creek. What'd you say? You're talking about the Boulder Creek. Yeah. I heard oh. that's pretty fun. Oh yeah, dude. Many times. Yeah. I busted my ass on rocks in there many times too. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe we'll do that and, uh, yeah, we'll hammer some runs, but, uh, um, yeah, we got a tr- great group. Uh, there's basically the m- Boulder, like the most dense group of uh, obstacle course racers, like in the whole U.S. Like everyone gravitates here. Well, I guess all endurance athletes, but there's tons of obstacle course racers, and uh, yeah, we'd love to have you. All right, cool. We'll try to get out for a long weekend then, and I'll I'll try to coordinate some dates while you'll be there. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right, cool. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, man. I, I think this was great. Really appreciate it. Sorry about the technical issues earlier. No worries, man. I'm not doing too much right now. Without Hunter here, it's uh, it's pretty quiet around the house. I, can, I bet. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll talk to you soon, and thanks again. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Everyone, thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram at PadXGates. And you can find me at Bottenhorn Running at run underscore strong underscore coaching and on my website www.markbottenhorn.com so going forward we're going to try to drop new content every friday and if you like it please subscribe share it talk about it anything but above all else please rate it on itunes we are live on itunes now and your rating means the world to us until next time stay strong